good peeps. Welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode number 40, and to celebrate, we're doing absolutely nothing special, and instead we're talking about Tiger Millionaire. My name is Ken, and joining me, as is often the case, are... I'm GC13. What's up, peeps? Really? You heard me. You're, go- you're going with, alright, and I'm Hunter, and I'm also... Con- okay, alright, let's let's jump right <laughs> into it then. I also considered, what's poppin', people? <laughs> That probably would have been better. Yeah, I think I would have preferred what's poppin', people. Haters gonna hate yo. What's what's snoppin', Sneeple? <laughs> that, <laughs> there that, we go. That, Keep that it was Steven. God, that was uh, I. I can't believe we got that stupid just a minute into the podcast. That was my feelings will never recover. <laughs> so, Tiger Millionaire. This is the first time we see our Lord and Savior, Tiger Millionaire. Yep, the only time his only appearance. I want them to. I want them to bring him back. I want more. They have to bring him back. <laughs> the fu- that 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 was my suggestion for what love letter should actually have been about. He he accidentally flirts with some professional wrestler's girlfriend, you know, through the newspaper, and so he has to bring Tiger Millionaire out of retirement for a grudge match. That's what I would have made love letters about. I, I want just the final episode of Steven Universe, not this harrowing tale of uh the crystal gems banding together and setting aside all their differences or the tale of steven finally coming to age and being fully confident in himself no it's just uh 45 minutes of tiger millionaire flexing and fighting that's all i want <laughs> like that's that's the ending this show deserves tiger millionaire suplexes yellow diamond in the season two finale suplexes her right into our hearts and then Lars will be right there. Lars just explodes with excitement. <laughs> I absolutely love how Lars, you know, just doesn't believe that it's Steven. And even Sadie's only like, I think that's Steven. You know, yeah, pe- people talk about, uh, like, Lars's complex character arcs with uh, Sadie and, um, like, his feelings towards her. I think they undermine greatly his character arc in this episode of how deeply emotionally invested he is with uh <laughs> it's it's truly incredible how much emotion is portrayed through Lars's very little lines i i i'd rival it to ruby and sapphire's emotions that was the best ending to any episode they have ever had it was pretty good i love you tiger billionaire that being said i don't think i like this episode a whole lot what? What? <laughs> what? How can you not like a Tiger Millionaire episode? I, 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 don't, I mean, I like I like Tiger Millionaire. I like the whole concept of the episode, but as an entity in itself, I I don't know. I don't know. First off, GC, Jinx. Second off, Hunter. So this was <laughs> the first episode I saw of the show. I'd been watching it, like, up until this point, so I'd seen every episode already. But when this episode aired, then this is when I would, like, start to consider myself a fan of the show. This is when I was like... <laughs> Okay, well, this show really has something going for it. I think I'm really digging it a lot. So, for you to say you don't even like this episode, I don't know. I guess I struck a nerve there. Uh, yeah, this one's still one of my favorites. Even after all the episodes we've seen, it, it's right up there. Yeah. I think this and Giant Woman are my two favorite early episodes. Yeah, see, I would have agreed with you, and then I watched it again. <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm just, I don't I I don't know how to like everything on paper is something I should like. It's got all these colorful characters, like these colorful new characters that are only there for about a second. But we get all these like all these uh, cool wrestlers, handsome Hank and um Dashy yeah, Dave. Han- yeah. Oh god, those are my favorite. I want <laughs> I want an episode about them. Yeah. Um, and we this is also the first episode that we uh, truly explore Amethyst's more complex feelings towards the gems. 
Um, yeah, and that really kind of culminates in On the Run, which was, of course, our yeah. first episode. Yeah, this was the, 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 the predecessor to On the Run. It really was. Like, this was the laying groundwork. Like, all on paper, I should have liked it, and I did, and just going, but going back and seeing them, it just didn't strike me like it did before. I don't know what it was. Um, I will say, uh, also, um, this is, I think this is the first retro, this is the first retrospective episode I think I've done since the new intro came out, and man, it, it, like, I love the Steven Universe intro, but like, just hearing it, hearing the old intro as compared to the um, new intro, man, it just feels empty now. <laughs> it just, it, it, it just feels like it always needed that. Like, I don't know. I actually feel kind of the opposite. Really? I kind of am starting a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit starting to feel like the new intro is kind of hollow. That old one still feels really classic to me. Mm. Yeah, I think I prefer the old intro. Man. I will say that I have a lot of sympathy or empathy towards your point. When I saw this episode again, I definitely didn't like it as much as I think I did the first time. It wasn't as good as I remembered. And I wouldn't say that this is one of my favorite episodes, but I do like it quite a bit. But I do understand why you like it less. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. The the only part that's kind of uncomfortable for me is the whole you couldn't afford it scene. That's kind of rough. Yeah, poor... like, Like I said, Lars is... The feelings Lars is portraying, just incredible. Yeah, Steven just completely shoots Lars down, and he does not understand what it means to Lars. Really, should we should we be looking so in-depth into Lars? Because it sounds like you say that in jest, but then you realize just how broken up he is by this kid wrestler, <laughs> you know, refusing to give him an autograph. And he takes it pretty hard. I mean, what does that say about Lars? Lars, uh, I think it says a lot. Uh, you know, Lars uh, did not have a strong adult figure growing up. His father was always at work and his mother was just could not care to give time towards him. And uh, he developed this complex where only or he derived satisfaction, a lot like Pearl, where he derived satisfaction from simply uh, following and um, having people higher above him respect him. And his father was a businessman, which is why he naturally looks to Tiger Millionaire for approval. His father was Suitcase Sam. <laughs> that's that's canon. That's there canon. We go. It's a re- it it really is a tortured story of uh, <laughs> the everyone's hating on Lars online, but uh, Lars Lars is is amethyst. Lars is amethyst and pearl. Lars embodies all of the gems. So what you're saying is Lars is opal or alexandrite, even. Lars is alexandrite. Wow. That's that's what I'm saying. Laying it down. Laying down the information. That's fact. That's canon. Uh, I just, I, I want everyone to be, because I've never seen Alexandrite and Lars in the same place Ooh. at the same Ooh. time. Ooh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm, I smell conspiracy. Yep. I've also uh, never seen Lars and uh, the Centipedal in the same place before. I think, I think we got a triplicate here. Mm. Wake up, Sneeple! Secret identities for the secret identities. So you want to know an amusing piece of trivia? Uh, sure. This is our 40th episode, like uh-huh. Ken said. And like we all also said, this is the first episode that really introduces the complexities of Amethyst's character, which really come to the forefront in episode 40 on the run, which we covered for our first episode. Oh, this is It's cool. come full circle. Man, that's like, that's not even full circle. That's like three circles. We got like a triple Venn diagram going on. So I just think that it was meant to be. This is, this is good. 
It was good. Also, uh, I said in a previous episode, this show had not only grown in a sense of uh, theme and a sense of story, uh, but also in a sense of animation. I think we really see that in this episode of how the animation was before. Uh, I Tell me I wasn't the only one who saw those like bits and pieces where th- something just didn't seem right. Yeah, kind of. The one thing that... Um comes to mind when you mention that is when amethyst has been knocked into the wall by garnet and she jumps off that uh-huh. looks kind of clunky to me and a lot of just like uh watching steven and amethyst react like pay attention to amethyst uh her animation is a little all over the place and not in the way that we're uh used to with the newer episodes yeah yeah it's i'm not it's not bad it's just a little off-putting compared to uh th- just this refined uh sort of uh, animation style that we have uh, in the future episodes. I think this is the first episode that it starts to get kind of refined. I know there are a lot of scenes when Steven's doing the backstory for Tiger Millionaire. That's framed really well. I like how you can see like the images behind him. And when Mr. Smiley is like doing the introductions for characters in the arena, I really like the way he moves his hands and how like those scenes are framed. So I definitely noticed some really nice uh, animation touches that become a lot more common later on but yeah i think later on they really do kind of master their craft i really like how cartoony mr smiley gets when he's doing oh yes it does (laughs) yeah this was he's just kicking his feet up in the air this was definitely their uh their sophomore era when they were just finally starting to see the ropes and get a hang of them (laughs) i see the ropes ah i get Uh. it I don't think I've ever mentioned this at any point, but it kind of annoys me just a little bit that the cast of characters we have for Beach City is so small. Like, I don't need us to have a lot of people that we know, but I mean, particularly in terms of seeing people in the background, I don't like that this town is so small that we know literally everyone, like, just in the background of scenes. So I really like in this episode that the like audience of the crowd is populated with people that we never see again and have never seen before. I I just that was a touch that I wish they had continued in future episodes. Hmm. I don't know. See, I kind of like the that we know everyone in Beach. It, it feels like Beach City is just this more personal entity other than just like a place filled with people. It's a place filled with people that we know. Like we know Beach City by by everything. We know it by the yeah. I kind of like that in Invader Zim. It's like, here we have all these models of the guys that we put in the background. Yeah. It's like that good old constant of uh, the My Leg guy in Spongebob. You know him. You know him. He has a name. I don't remember what it was, but... <laughs> yeah, somebody posted somewhere his name. I like it. It's I can definitely see the appeal of having um, much more people because you have a lot more freedom to with, like, just with certain things, but... But I wonder how how popular is Beach City Underground because none of those wrestlers except for Ronaldo were local, and probably only so many of those fans were local too. So I mean, did they did they does Beach City have suburbs that it draws in other people from? Because we know Sour Cream had internet friends close enough to get him to drive over. Does Beach City Underground do some underground promotion in the other cities? Okay, but that's kind of exactly what I'm saying. Beach City as a city is clearly bigger than just the population that we've seen so far. Like, it necessarily has to have more people. It could not survive as an economy with that few people so there are obviously a lot more people around maybe handsome hank and dashing dave actually are locals that we just don't normally see we know we hadn't seen vidalia until episode like 60 something that's because she was too busy painting 
<laughs> for okay maybe handsome hank and dashing dave you would notice those guys if they were on the street the camera would focus on them it would start going into slow motion and i don't know women would start spooning I, yep. I just don't know yep that's i mean but it would be a big deal i mean i would start swooning they could not be on the streets and the camera not find them it'd be like steven would be like hey we were fighting this thing where'd the camera guy go well, that's that's the thing. Mayor Dewey had to issue an ordinance like, guys, you can't walk the streets anymore. You're causing too much of a havoc. <laughs> Cars are getting turned over. People are looting. So that's where the drill parasites came from. They needed to make a set of tunnels for them to get around the town without causing the cameraman to go crazy. Yep, the, the drill parasites in the kindergarten are just vessels for Handsome Hank and Dashing Dave. Okay. <laughs> You guys have convinced me. You win. Yeah, I mean, I... You heard it here first, folks. We have the facts. I mean, it's it's just a matter of the, the, the sheeple waking up Yeah. to what's around them. So another thing I thought was of note was when Amethyst pushes Garnet and then actually attacks her. So at this point, that was obviously kind of dramatic the first time you see it. But I think in current episodes and new episodes nowadays, that would be... So much more attention-filled. That would be such a... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That would be a gigantic faux pas. Like, the music would stop. Uh, everyone would gasp. Like, even Amethyst would gasp. Like, it's... That would have been a huge thing now. Now, Like, it... I don't know. It, yeah, it would have been significantly more dramatic now. Yeah. I don't see how it wasn't dramatic in the episode. It seemed pretty dramatic to me. You had the whole crowd gasp and... I mean, Steven and Pearl were kind of horrified about the whole thing. Right, well, like I said, it was a big deal at the time, at least in the context of this episode, but it would have been, like, played for so much more drama if that had been done now. Like, we just had this five-episode arc about Garnet trying to forgive Pearl for, I mean, her transgression, and for Garnet's character, Pearl's transgression would be a lot more serious than this, but at least for me personally, I could forgive Pearl for what she did, if she had done that to me, much easier than I could forgive Amethyst for physically attacking me. Well, I mean, this is, like, Garnet's most sacred of things. She's physically attacking Garnet, though. It's not like she's physically attacking someone she can actually hurt. Yeah. I would still be really pissed at, like, even, like, a seven-year-old kid who physically attacked me. I don't know. Well, Steven physically attacked Garnet, and all she all she did was ground him. Well, this is the difference, this is the difference, all right? Like, this, Amethyst attacking Garnet is just, yeah, that is just that. It's Amethyst, like, just giving Garnet a shove, because it's nothing to Garnet. But what Pearl did to Garnet was, like, Garnet woke up, and she was like, oh, man, I, I can't wait to pour myself a good old bowl of... Honey bunches of oat, and she pours herself a bowl, and or and Pearl comes up. She's like, "Oh, that's that's a nice bowl." She's like, "Yeah, it's my favorite cereal." And Pearl's like, "Oops!" And then just bam, the bowl is on the floor. <laughs> cereal is everywhere, and, and Garnet's like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" And Pearl's like, "I just wanted to enjoy this cereal with you." <laughs> okay. That's that's. The, don't you understand? This is serious. I don't know that I really like gained anything from that example, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's a. Very- very good metaphor. No, no, no. It's a perfect you no know, because you, uh, you Ruby is the 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 milk and the sapphire is the honey bunches of oats <laughs> and uh the garnet is the bowl, but garnet is also eating the cereal and <laughs> Steven is the spoon because he he uh, it's a perfect analogy. You just got to not think about it. Okay. <laughs> uh So, I've always wanted I've always wondered about this. 
Tiger Millionaire versus Deadpool. Tiger Millionaire has bribed the judges, and Deadpool thinks this is funny. Who wins? Uh, Tiger Millionaire, obviously. I mean, I'm I'm ashamed you're even asking this question. Such an obvious answer. I agree with Hunter. Yeah. Tiger Millionaire is, I mean, you, you saw how, how, how he took down Pearl like she was nothing. I mean, yep. Tiger Millionaire is hardcore stuff. Yep, Tiger, Tiger Mil- Millionaire is the hero we deserve. <laughs> and I mean, even, even Purple Puma couldn't take Garnet down without him, so. Or did I say Garnet? I meant Captain Square. Captain Square, yes. And the beaked wonder. <laughs> That's what he should have called Pearl. That's wonderful. So I like in Tiger Millionaire's backstory, when he's talking about how he clawed out his own destiny, making money in the coconut mines, and it's just Tiger Millionaire, you know, not having exerted himself at all, smiling, and then there's some poor sucker pushing a, <laughs> pushing a cart full of coconuts yep, out of yep. the mines. Yep. Tiger Millionaire, truth be told, was an economic fascist <laughs> who enslaved everyone in, uh, what was it? Well, Jungle Island. Jungle Island. Like, uh, like it was the, the time where, like, these were the Irishmen working in the sugarcane fields. Yep, Tiger Millionaire truly is the cruelest ke- creature in the world. Yeah, he will fire your parents. He'll fire your parents. What was it? He'll eat your kids and fire your parents? I think Purple Puma is the one who eats the kids. Yeah, I can see that. A big old bowl of kids. And then Pearl, and then Pearl comes in. And it's like, oh, you enjoying your bowl of kids? And then it's like, oh yeah, I, there's my favorite. And then, bam, the bowl's on the floor. There's kids everywhere. And, and <sighs> somebody call Anakin. He'll know what to do. And, <laughs> and Stephen is the spoon. Delicious, <laughs> delicious kids. Jesus. But other than fanboying over Tiger Millionaire and the and the good looking gang, I, I don't know what else we could really do about this episode. Yeah. I liked it, and you guys didn't like it so much, but Ken still likes it more than Hunter. I liked it. I liked this episode. I just don't like it as much as I did the first time I watched it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is this is one of the episodes whenever somebody's like, hey, I need an episode to convince my friend that this show is awesome, and I'm always like, Tiger Millionaire. The correct answer is always Tiger Millionaire. I'd, I'd, I'd argue to show them uh, Monster Buddies. That is also a really good one. I think there are better choices, but yeah, this is this is not a bad choice for that. Mm-hmm. Why did Ronaldo think he was capable of wrestling and beating anyone? Why was he even there? I, like, I I don't understand Ronaldo's like I. What do you think is gonna happen? Honestly, I, I what do know. you think is gonna happen? Hey, he's got to start somewhere. <laughs> start the Loch Ness blogger. Yeah, starting on Purple Puma's boot is as good a place as any. Yep. I don't think that career is going anywhere. Yeah. Also, this episode had 1.566 million viewers, and it was directed and boarded, or written and boarded, by Raven Molisi and Paul Velico, who also did Reformed, Island Adventure, Mirror Gem, The Return, Keeping It Together, and other stuff. Hmm. Frybo. Yeah, I mean, they've done a lot more stuff than that. That was just... Yeah, yeah. They, they did some of my favorite early episodes. I think hmm. they were the first standout team for me. Yeah, really good. I think I think Jeff Louie's still my favorite. The Jeff Lou the Jeff and Joe team. JJ. Go go Jeff and Joe. <laughs> Me and my JJ. Me and my JJ. No. Oh, no, you got no, that right away. No, nice. Usually no. I make references and you guys are like, what are you talking about, GC? But you nailed that. <laughs> the one re- the one reference I get <laughs> God. 
Well, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed Tiger Millionaire, the, the character, if not necessarily the episode, although I did really enjoy the episode. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. Ken, what was it you said at the beginning of the podcast? What's good, peeps? <laughs> Later, peeps. I'm Hunter. Leave us a review on iTunes, peeps. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.